Hello and welcome to another episode of Scare Traducing, the horror movie podcast for horror movie virgins. I'm Callum McNabb. I'm Gisela Martinez. And we are here today to talk about a movie that we should have already talked about, that we posted on Instagram we would have talked about in June. And obviously, as you're probably aware, this is now July. As crazy as that might seem, we are well over halfway through 2022 already. The movie is The Black Phone. The reason we didn't talk about it, as always, is because A, life gets in the way, and B, being sick, being sick, which is just a recurring theme with this podcast. I feel like we should probably stop doing the podcast and we will automatically get healthier. <laughs> no, I just think probably we should change the name of the podcast to Scare Traducing, the horror podcast that gets sometimes sick or something like that, I don't know. That is a tip. Scare to just in the horror movie podcast that sometimes gets sick. That's what you want to call it. Yes. That's far too long for TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. But it is true. And in this case, it is true. And it delayed us being able to see the film, which we had booked in thanks to the Cineworld Unlimited uh, card that we have. We had booked tickets to go and see it weeks ago then had to cancel that then we'd book tickets to go another time and then had to postpone that and because we pay on like a monthly basis kind of like a subscription service it's not really a problem so finally we got to go and see the black phone and as much as it's not june anymore i do still want to talk about it because this is a pretty big film i think for this year it was supposed to come out way back in february i believe and then they pushed it. I'm not entirely sure why they pushed it. I'm not sure if it's because of COVID or if it's because they were confident that it was going to make money and so they put it into the summer market. I'm not sure, but they pushed it. This was supposed to be a sort of dumping ground horror earlier in the year, and it's ended up being a pretty... I don't know if big deal is the right word, because it's not really a massive deal, but it's like a summer date night, go to a restaurant, yeah, go out yeah. with mean, your friends. The cinema was full. Cinema was full, exactly. So I, I thought, oh, okay. I mean, it was Friday. Oh, I mean, it's the kind of movie to go see on a Friday night date. Yep. Like, I don't know. It, it, it is those movies that you're like, oh, I was just going to go have dinner and let's watch a movie, buy popcorn. This is the kind of movie. Like, it's, it's entertaining. And like, yeah, it, that's the definition of, for this movie. So, as always, well, I say as always, as always, as of four or five episodes ago, the question, the eternal question, if someone was to ask you, looking to get into horror films, I'm not entirely sure where to start. I see that there's this movie out in the cinema right now. Do you recommend it? Yes or no? Oh, this is a Sims simple question like answer okay for me it's yes it's definitely yes like uh, it's just it, it is a really good movie i really liked it i i i but you, yeah, there are good movies friends, that, like, okay like i mean remember when we went to see midsummer with people from work and then they were like what the fuck is this and that's what i mean like so midsummer I, is a great movie i, I don't feel, know if it's a great movie to bring exactly. people who are not horror this, movie hands. I will totally be with like friends or co-workers and say like when I go for a pint and then go for like to watch this movie yeah okay like I will yes it's like a really mainstream but 
really well done movie. It is mainstream. It's undoubtedly mainstream. Uh, but yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this is sort of almost an ideal place to start. Maybe not, it's not a perfect film, I'm not going to say that by any stretch of the imagination, but it is sort of, it's very Stephen King as much as it's written by the son of Stephen King, which kind of baffles me how Stephen King it is. Uh, As in, you'd think that being the son of a famous horror author, that you'd be like, I don't want to be known as the son of a famous horror author, so I'm going to do something different. And then you watch this and you go like, did Stephen King write this? And they're like, no, his son did. And you're like, wow, he's just copied everything his dad done. I will. Like, I totally will. (laughs) I mean... I mean, because there's only one Stephen King. Come on, give... That's what I mean. So why... If there's only one Stephen King, why would you copy what he's done? Yeah, to maybe, like, try to start, like, slowly, but surely, to start putting your part. But you need to sell. You need someone to believe in you, probably. Like, look, I'm doing, like, the same. Okay, I'll give you money. And probably sneak something there. And then try, you know, like, oh, you're done doing good. There's your blank check. And where you want. I I understand your point. And... As far as I'm aware, that is kind of what Joe Hill has done with his career. Apparently, most of his novels are not very King-esque at all. I haven't read any of them, but that's what I see online as people saying. Actually, his his work is quite different from his dad's. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is this story, which I believe was in the short story collection that he ever first got published. So it's like the first things that he ever published, is so... Ripping on his dad's material. Probably at the start of his career, it was like that. Which is, I, that's what I mean. Like, it's quite funny. Like, I, I think a lot of people watching this could quite easily think, oh, what Stephen King book is this based on? Or what Stephen King story is this based on? But anyway, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is, because it's so indebted to Stephen King, it leads you down the path of Stephen King, regardless of whether it is him or not. You come out of this film, and you can easily go home and jump into... It, the most recent It films, yeah. part one and part two, you could easily go back and jump into the original Carrie film, I think, for example. You could easily go back and jump into Misery from, I think it's 1990 Misery came out, which is still to date the only Stephen King adaptation to ever win an acting Oscar. And Hezella has never seen it. No. Misery, great film. So... Yeah, I think it leads you down the Stephen King path, regardless of whether you want to go there or not. But if you don't want to go there, there are other avenues you can go down. So horror movie virgins, there's three I've given you already. I'm going to give you some more. You could go down the Scott Derrickson path. Scott Derrickson is the director of this movie. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to direct Doctor Strange 2 because he directed the first Doctor Strange. He ended up dropping out of that to make this instead. What? Yeah. And Sam Raimi comes in and does Doctor Strange 2. As far as I'm aware, Scott Derrickson originally wanted to make Doctor Strange 2 a proper horror film, like Marvel's first, quote, horror film. And while Sam Raimi sort of does that, his style of horror is obviously very different. His style of horror is much more zany and crazy and out there and flash zoom cameras and in your face. And it's kind of cartoonish horror in a way. Scott Derrickson is a lot, 
I don't know if nasty is the right word, but he does have a nasty streak in him. For example, his other horror films, The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister, which are, I think, quite cruel films. I really like both of them. Mm-hmm. I used to love Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't think it quite holds up anymore. I love the f- Sinister. I've never seen the second one, but he's not involved. You haven't seen the second one? Before. Sinister. Have I seen it? I don't think so. Well, we haven't seen that. I, I love that kind of movies. Yeah, we should. But that's, I heard it was really bad. Like, I've never seen The Woman in Black 2, for example. Oh, yeah, I mean, because uh, it, it's not got any of the main cast. Nobody returns to make it. Oh. I think Sinister's that case. But anyway, so if you're a horror movie virgin, the three Stephen King movies I recommended, or, and well, It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, Carrie, Misery, or Scott Derrickson, the director of this movie, you could go Exorcism of Emily Rose, or you could go Sinister. You could go down that avenue. Those are some great paths to go down as a horror movie virgin. Or... You could do Kidnapped Horror. This movie involves kidnapping. You could do Split. Okay. Kidnapped Horror. Yeah. You could do... uh, What else? Silence of the Lambs. Of course you could do Silence of the Lambs. And this movie even rips on Silence of the Lambs towards the end. I think kind of unsuccessfully. But anyway, you could do that. And then once you've gone into Silence of the Lambs, what opens out to you? The whole Hannibal franchise opens out to you. And you go Manhunter... Uh, Hannibal, Red Dragon, Hannibal Rising, Hannibal the TV series. This is what I mean about the world of horror. Like this one film, this little film here that we're talking about today, mm-hmm. I think if you are interested in, and and those are all quite literal uh, sort of double feature pairings or, or avenues to go down. It's not like anything extravagant I had to think about for too long, mm-hmm. but that's what seven, eight, nine movies I've just thrown out to yeah. be like, Easy. if I've got a niece or a nephew or someone that's coming at and they're like, I really like the black phone, I'm just handing them all those DVDs <laughs> that I just said. I'm just like, boom, there you go. There's there's stage two. Go down there. And then once you've gone down those roads, from the Exorcism of Emily Rose, you go to, well, obviously you go to The Exorcist. Then you go to Exorcist franchise. Or from Split, you go... Well, it's made by M. Night Shyamalan. You go down M. Night Shyamalan franchise. Uh, or not franchise, but his career. Signs and the Sixth Sense or whatever. I haven't seen Signs. You've never seen Signs? Or the Sixth Sense. Never seen the Sixth Sense? No, I haven't. I told you. I know I know the twist. In the movie Signs, works regardless of the twist. Yeah, the Signs, movie works. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about aliens. It's about aliens. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Anyway, so... What I'm trying to say and what I'm always trying to say on this podcast is that as horror movie fans, if you can always find something, even if you're not a fan of this movie, you can get from this movie to Manhunter quite easily, I think. You can get from this movie to Science quite easily, even though this has nothing to do with aliens. That's what I'm trying to say is just because you didn't maybe didn't like this one thing doesn't mean that, oh, horror is all one genre. That's the point I keep trying to make on this podcast. Because people always, when you say, like, oh, I like horror films, they always kind of look at you. Yeah. If, if they don't like horror films. If they like horror films, fair enough. But some people are just like, why, why do you like that stuff? And you just have to be like, some horror films couldn't be further from each other. The, the core idea is to unsettle the audience, mm-hmm. but in different ways, in different styles. And The Black Phone which is the film we're talking about today, and from here on out, 
We're going to be talking spoilers, by the way, so just be warned if you haven't seen it. The Black Phone is a great, great, great place to start. Great yes. fun place to start. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Cindy's tonight. What's new? The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Well, isn't that just peachy, King? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those Dr. Lowe's in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? How do you want to get into this? Hmm. Well, let me read you the IMDb synopsis. Okay. okay. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. That is the synopsis on IMDb. So, this is a kind of supernatural horror film about a kidnapped boy. Mm -hmm. And we follow sort of two stories. We follow him in the basement, kidnapped, trying to escape. And we follow his sister, who uh, has some sort of premonitions, yeah. sees visions, trying to figure out and put these dreams that she has together and sort of piece together. Where is her brother being held? Can she help the police or whatever? Yeah. So I really enjoyed this film. Oh, same. I, I, I loved it. I did have a few problems up front, though, at the start, when it, we first started watching it. So going in, I had loved the trailer. I was happy that Scott Derrickson was back making a horror film. I'm a big fan of Ethan Hawke. I loved the fact that Ethan Hawke was in it. Side note, Hisella somehow did not know Ethan Hawke was in this film, even though he's all over the marketing and is the killer, the the kidnapped person. I get that he's always wearing a mask, but... Yeah, it's, you never see his face. The, you've seen the trailer. You've seen the poster. The poster literally says the black the phone and above it, it just says Ethan Hawke. Yeah, just I, the I big just, letters. Just, anyway. So what did you say at the end of the movie when the credits rolled? Oh, that was Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the guy from the social network. Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Right. I thought it was him because I do remember the trailer and then... You just said you didn't. No, I, the, the only thing I remember from the trailer, sorry, correction there, is that it's like this guy with white, like white face and glasses and a hat and being like super silly and I don't know, in my head, the voice of, or the voice my brain put to that, it was kind of like, ooh, 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 I'm so sorry, like something like that. And to me, it reminds me. Jesse Eisenberg. Of, yes. With that kind of. Peach boys kind of like sort of when he's doing speak, like oh, oh. when he's doing Lex Luthor in yes, kind the of like Man that. of Steel so, or whatever. I Batman don't know. My Superman. brain just put things, put all those things together, and I was like, oh, it's him. But then Jesse Eisenberg's well, quite a scrawny guy, though. Whereas you see the you see Ethan Hawke sitting in this, his shirt open, he's he's big. He's not like okay, built, was, but he's was, bigger was, than you, Jesse Eisenberg. You just, you just interrupted me, sorry, and I sorry. was about to say, but then. You see the guy like in the house with the kid on the basement, 
And I was like, oh, okay, this guy is like older. So immediately they're like, okay, it's not this guy. Mm-hmm. It's not the one I'm thinking. Yeah. So, okay. I wasn't wondering who it was. I was just like, okay, it's not. I already, I didn't need to see the body or anything. I just thought, mm, it's not him. Well, that baffled me. Like we were sitting in the cinema, standing up, getting ready to leave. The credits are rolling. And then he just said, oh, it was Ethan Hawke. And I just was like, wait, what? Explain to me what you thought you just watched. Um, so, yeah, so sorry. I had loved the trailer. I liked the Scott Derrickson's back in horror. Loved that Ethan Hawke was in it. Uh, and I'd heard a bit of grumblings from some people that it wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Reviews are good. Reviews are positive. But I'd seen a few sort of dissenting voices on Twitter and a few sort of accusations shall we say of this sort of uh, gay panic as in it's set in the 80s okay. does is the movie homophobic does it paint its kidnapper out to be clearly like is it trying to equate the fact that he's gay is the reason why he's kidnapping these boys for is example gay? No, oh, I don't think oh, he's gay. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, like, I didn't get the impression of. So I had seen people make these accusations. Uh-huh. There's all this stuff that I knew I liked about it—the marketing, whatever, the the cast. I'd seen these people say things. Some people say these things, mm-hmm. and I thought, "Wow, maybe this film's not as simple as it looks in the trailer." Oh. Okay. If there's going to be, if there's some dissenting voices and there's some people saying this movie is potentially homophobic or they are accusing it of being homophobic or whatever, I was like, maybe we're in for a wilder ride than the trailer is selling, okay, right? Yeah, you, you thought you needed. To so I sat down, yeah. and within about ten minutes, I'm thinking, oh no, I'm just getting exactly what the trailer sold me. Yeah. And that kind of fucked with my head a little bit. After those sort of 50 minutes or so, when I sort of settled into the groove of the movie, I thought, you know what? I like that stuff regardless. So let's just get on board with it. Like, if that's what it's selling, that's what it sold me. Like, you know, who cares about what someone on Twitter said? And I got on board with it. And from then on in, not only is it just a plain standard horror film, which it kind of is, but it's made by someone who really knows how to make horror films. Scott Derrickson... The film looks fantastic. The mm-hmm. acting is all fantastic. There are sequences in here that are just stunning to watch. And you're just like, do you know what? When a horror movie, even the plainest of horror movies, like this, it's about a kid that's been kidnapped. You've seen it before. But even when it's done for the millionth time, if it's done well, it can be entertaining and fun and exciting and and creepy. And this is that movie. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say is it took me the 15 minutes or so to get on with that. And then after that, I was like, oh, no, I'm in for the ride. It sold me. And Scott Derrickson's a master at taking me on that ride. Enjoy it. And from then on in, I loved it. Yeah, I love the movies. Simple. And it, it, you understand the dynamic of the characters and they're entertaining and... I like the, so it's the kid in the basement, the sister's trying to help the police with her visions or like this kind of powers that she has, but it's because the mom used to have these powers. So the only thing I kind of like thought, oh, the reason the kid can talk to the dead people is because obviously he has some kind of 
powers like the sister. I think that's kind of unexplained because did they not also mention that Ethan Hawke could hear the phone ring as well? The phone in the basement where he keeps the kids. Mm -hmm. He kidnaps a few kids and then he kidnaps this main kid and there's a phone in the basement. Yeah. It's disconnected. He tells the kid it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then the kid hears it ring. Doesn't one of the and the, on the other end of the phone is the dead bodies of yeah, yeah. The, the dead spirits. The, yeah. the orphanage, talking to the dead, getting messages from the dead. There's just another one off the top of my head. The orphanage, el orfanato. Oh, I don't remember. The That's an entire movie about a family dealing with remember. ghosts, and then it turns out at the end the ghosts were trying to talk to you the whole time. Like oh, that was the big twist. They're trying to save, they're trying to save right? the kid. Anyway, yeah. So, um. They mention, I think, that Ethan Hawke, the killer, what's the killer's name? The grabber is what they call him. Yeah. That they say like, oh, he can hear the phone as well. So I'm not entirely sure if it's because the mum had powers, the sister has powers and the yeah. brother has powers. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure of the dynamics. I'm just so all that. They kind of was like, oh, okay, that's why it works. So this uh -huh. can be saved. There's still stuff in it that, that kind of doesn't all add up. Like, for example, the wee girl... When she goes to the police, mm -hmm. or when the police come to her, sorry, first of all, like, how did you know this detail? We never released that to the press. And she knows a detail about the every time he kidnaps a kid, he leaves a black balloon behind. Yeah. How did you know that? And she's like, oh, I have these dreams. The police believe her almost immediately. Now, I get that that's they, no, just for they, concise... Because they, they do accuse her. And like you, you know more than you do. Yeah, but as girl. soon as she says that, they don't really question her again for the rest but of the I movie. Mean, who, like a girl's not gonna be the murderer of all this. It's thing. not about that. It's about the fact that, well, really, they they buy into the supernatural reading of it really, I mean, really it's, quickly. It's the eighties, so. So everyone in the eighties was just supernaturally no, they were obsessed. More, like, willing to cooperate with like this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> So, do you think this is a perfect movie then? You have no criticisms of this movie? No, I mean, I'm just like, I'm just giving you a reason why. The reason they believe her so quickly, I think, is because the movie doesn't have enough time to spend on it. Otherwise, it would just be... Like, it's, it's, it's trying to keep things tight, essentially. How long is the movie? 103 minutes. I'm assuming that's with credits. That's my understanding of it. Watching the film, I was like, do you know what? They kind of just think, we don't have enough time to go down this avenue of the cops being suspicious or whatever. Let's just move past it. The girl is telling the truth. Let's just have the cops believe her and move on because we've got other stuff to do. <laughs> we've got phone calls to deal with and we've got escapes to deal with, escape attempts. Yeah. Let's just move on. So it's not perfect. I don't think it's perfect. The escape attempts are so good. Like, I really got entertained by, like, each ghost trying to help the kid. And then, like, oh, I did this. Or I got the combination. I got the... If you take that wire that is there, you can maybe climb. Or you do this. And I think that was a quite entertaining way to... Like, how can we show different ways of skate? Oh, that each ghost is going to, like, provide something, you know? So this, this is what I thought was fascinating. Yes. So every time he speaks to one of the ghosts on the phone, even if we see them in person, it always sounds like they're talking through the phone because mm -hmm. that's how he's talking to them. So we can see them over the other side of the room, but their audio is always, you know, it's got, it's got no bass to it. It's always kite as if it's coming through a phone. 
even when it's coming out of their mouths. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like that detail. But the first kid tells him to dig a hole in a certain room. There's mm-hmm. a certain room you can go and move the floorboard and dig. The second kid tells him to climb up to the window, mm-hmm. which is too high to reach, but there's a rope and you can climb up. Yeah. And then the but the bars fall off, so he can't reach it ever again because he can't tie the rope around it. The third kid tells him the code to the go codes to get out, which get he does use to get out, but yeah. then is caught again and yeah. brought back. And then the fourth kid tells him to go into the meat freezer. Yes. There's a meat freezer in another room. If you remove this thing from the wall, you can get into it out the meat freezer, like just open the freezer door and then you're in the other room. But the freezer's locked. So sort of every avenue that they give him, it leads to failure essentially. And I was watching it going, I love that detail because all of these kids died. So how much advice can you take from someone who didn't escape (laughs) telling you how to escape? And I was like, that's a fascinating angle. Like if somebody says to you, this is how you escape. Well, you didn't escape. So how much can I trust you? And it never works. What I do like is that at the end, they all come back and they all play as one. Yeah. So the floor is what Ethan Hawke falls into the floor. Mm -hmm. They put the bars at the bottom of the hole. He breaks his ankle so he can't get out. Yeah, the wire he pulls as okay. To trip. break his neck. He pulls the wire to, he pulls the wire to trip him into the hole, first mm-hmm. of all, and then he uses the wire to break Ethan Hawke's neck. Ethan Hawke comes down with a dog, yeah. which is standing in front of the door so the kid can't get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. But inside the freezer it's is meat. meat. Yeah. He uses the meat to throw it to the other side of the room. Dog goes over to the other side of the room. Boom, up the stairs. And so it all ties in together. So it's like oh. these kids never yeah. helped him individually. He re- all he required all four or five phone calls. Yeah. One phone call wasn't enough. And then he's got the code to get out of it. Anyway, we're sort of jumping all over the place. But I love the... the, the for me, the best sequence in the movie, and this was when I genuinely was like, this is, a, this is a great movie. Like a really great movie that I want to buy and watch again. It's so much fun. Is the... When his best friend who had died earlier, mm-hmm. the tough kid, yeah. and he tells him, pack some dirt into the phone mm-hmm. and use it as a weapon. That's what you're going to first, that's what you're going to hit him with first to get him to chase you or whatever. Oh, like he started like training And him. the camera moves around to the side of the room yeah. and you just watch sort of, both of them, you see the dead kid like in the mirroring. back and you yeah. see the, the live kid in front and they're both doing, the, and he's telling them, you jump forward, you jump back, swing. And then I can't remember the entire movements. And then it's like, again, jump forward, you jump back, swing, whatever, you jump forward. And the, the kid who's alive at first isn't really into it. Yeah. And then the more he's sort of encouraged, no, do it, do it, do it. And at the end, they're doing this sort of, uh, no, what's not the word? Like synchronized. Yeah. Attack synchronized, yeah, dance great. practice sequence. It is really good. It's so good to watch. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, this is why, see if you just give me random meat and potatoes with the best seasoning in the world it can be fucking delicious <laughs> meat can be so boring to get but when you have it in carne asada tacos it's fucking excellent oh, I know. that's that's what this movie is it's I'm like hungry. the dish you've had a million times but cooked by an absolute professional yeah yeah i like your analogy like food if food the food analogy is quite cheap as in like everybody does it but it's the but it best. Works. It works. Yeah, it, it's easy to understand. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, no, it is a great movie. I think um, the the kids are great. The uh, kids are all great. 
the scares, the jump scares, oh one God, of them you fucking leapt out of your seat. I can't remember which one was, but I just, I did jump a couple It's of a times. phone call. Kid's talking on the phone and then he turns around and there's a ghost like right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I jump a couple of times. Uh, but that's the thing. That, that It's fun. It's, it's a good movie. It's not full of jump scares and stuff like that, but... There's a couple it, of them, though. And also, I, it gets... It has the good, um, like, serial killer, like, thriller way to tell the story that I, I love. I'm obsessed with those um, serial killer... It's very... Stuff like that. Like, really... Night Stalker. Like, I was thinking, like, Mindhunter, kind of. Like, like, like yeah. those cases that you hear about, like, oh, he just living at... It was, like, a neighbor regular neighbor like living next door yes suburban basically yeah like he keep himself or like doing his own things and blah blah and then suddenly you discover like a second basement and second house or like uh who was bringing people here and like and you're like what and that always terrifies me like knowing like like, what goes on behind someone's closed doors yes it terrifies me like oh they look okay they look normal and then like there's kids on the basement like what's going on this is the thing though and, that's, and I think that gives me a good vibe because in in the part of the movie the police go inside the house the correct house and they yeah and they talk to the brother being like oh hello like where's your like where what's going on blah blah this kid missing blah 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 and the, the brother of this the grabber explains like look I, got, I came up with some theories, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they are there. You're right there. You could save the kid right now. But the brother doesn't know. No, the brother doesn't know. Yeah. But it, it, that, that, that is terrifying. Just, like, you are right there. You could save it. Like, but... I feel like that's been done in another horror film. I, I'm sure it's been done loads of times. Well, like you were that, right ha- there. Yeah, that happens in real life. Like, yeah. you were right there and you didn't see it. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a, a little tiny like drop of blood and you didn't see it if you could see it and, and follow the lead you probably found like 13 bodies very and things like that and i'm like like oh like if hopefully that never happens to us like we <laughs> like, like we, we jesus are like, christ yeah no, i'd like then, to say that hopefully no, i never like, get kidnapped this, and murdered I'm yeah saying the situation that you just passed that same old man and you're saying good morning and then like okay and then one day he was like, oh, oh, is your hand okay? Yeah, yeah. And then we didn't know he was like, like, cap- captive kids there and one kid's trying yeah. to escape and that's what he's had. Right. And I was like, oh my God, so that if I only knew, obviously you couldn't know, but if you only I could save them and stop him or something or phone the police or, yeah. So I think that this movie, like, portrays all this really well. And it gives me the vibe like, oh my god, it's right there. Oh my god, come on, oh, kids escape. Oh my god. Like, I feel like I'm seeing a, a real case, you know? So it is set in the what? Late 70s? Is it late 70s it's set? It's a retro yeah, movie. I think so, yeah. Uh, I saw a few people online sort of say they didn't get why. Like, why was it set then? Like, does, doesn't add anything to the story. I disagree. That's what I mean. I think, okay. I think it it does add it it's one it's like you're talking about it brings to mind you're watching the movie and it just brings to mind things like richard ramirez or 
the Night Stalker. Oh, of course I know Callum. Oh, sorry, you looked <laughs> blank me as if I didn't. You didn't know uh, who else was there. Uh, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. I was about to say. Clown. Um. Oh, the Kenzo Jeffrey Dharma. No, guy. you're thinking of. Oh, fuck, he's the most famous one as well. Yo, wait, isn't it Jeffrey Dahmer? No, no, Jeffrey Dahmer was the one that put the bodies. It's, it's, You're talking to, about the he one. He didn't kill people, he just took great uh, bodies from the grave. Jeffrey Dahmer did kill people. Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, I'm confused now with the Leatherface. It's not that one. one <laughs> Leatherface isn't real. Yeah, no, Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah. No, this is Blurred. Blunt. Blurred. <laughs> blurred. Blunt. <laughs> This is a real-time discussion of two people trying to figure out the most famous... It's Zac Efron in that movie, yeah. The evil and something, something. The most famous serial killer in US history, probably. If not, the Zodiac. But what is his name? I'm I'm leaving all this in the episode. Figure it out. Two hours later. Harry. Harry. (laughs) Harry Burb. (laughs) Yeah, it's something (laughs) Burb. Oh my god, probably someone else is It's screaming. It. It's, it's fucking obvious. It's so obvious. Are we sure it's not Jeffrey Dahmer? No, it's not Jeffrey Dahmer, Callum. It's, um... Ted Was Bundy! Ted oh. Bundy. <laughs> fucking hell. There you go. Jesus anyway, so yeah, Christ. it's a kind of a movie that represents all these kind of people that you don't have a phone. So, that's why I think it needs like to be retro. It's one to stop people in the city and people in the town having phones and recording the van and CCTV everywhere so I get rid of that problem it's, it's, and two it brings to mind these things for yeah, the yeah these things when you used to just used to like I, I'm probably people still do in safer cities but like kids used to go to walk to school and like mom I'm just staying at my friend's house oh that's fine and as you yeah, it just is. believe it were simpler Times, yeah, simpler times, yeah. Let's say it, but yeah, like no phones. You believe that your daughter is staying in someone else's house. Um, if she is not back from school, you believe this playing with someone in the yeah. streets or things like that. And yeah, like that was the probably when it's like applies that don't talk to strangers because stranger danger, they, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's a good like way to represent represent all this that's what i mean like so i i, I saw I a few people works. that's it what works. i mean i saw a few people online again twitter accusations or whatever uh be damned i just was like i don't get that of course it needs to be a a, a period piece a retro style 70s movie like it doesn't work if you do it today or it, it might work but you need to add in certain details you need to add in how is he evading you know, people seeing him. He must kidnap them at night time. But then why is always kids, for example? Like, they're coming home from school. Like, it, 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 again, maybe it doesn't answer everything perfectly, but it does answer it quickly and quietly in a way that means we don't need to spend time on this. It yeah. was the fucking late 70s, kid walk home from school on his own. Yeah. A guy in a van appears, grabs him. Nobody's around to see it. Even if he's on a street, like, nobody is, you know, paying attention or yeah. whatever like uh, society wasn't you're not being watched from every angle so I think that works the second thing going right back to the start unless you had something to say you looked like you were going to jump in no. the second thing was the accusations of 
uh, gay panic, like the idea like, oh, they make him out to be explicitly gay and therefore are you equating homosexuality with these crimes he's committing? I don't think the movie does that. No. I don't think it ever says he's gay. The only real thing that I can see people think me, you know, is taking us coding for gay is that he's quite effeminate and he uses really delicate hand gestures. But he's a magician. He's a part-time magician. Yeah. That's what I took it as. Yeah, was like I, he's a showman. I, yeah, like he always uses the, his hands. Never gave me the impression that he was gay. Yeah. To be fair, like did it give you an impression that he was a paedophile? Yeah. Right. That that would give you an impression. Okay, but that's what some people are sort of. That's they're, more they're, totally more than being gay. Yeah. Because. But some people are saying, like, that you're making... He's the only sort of, quote, queer character in the movie. Like, he's got a high-pitched voice, he's really delicate, and he's also the only one that's kidnapping young boys. Like, is that a responsible thing to do? I didn't at any point think that. I just... Because, as I say, the only thing I can think of is he speaks in a high-pitched voice, he's quite delicate, but I'm like, he's a part-time kid's magician. Like, how else is he going to act? And he kind of know how to talk to kids. yeah. Like, oh, don't be scared. I don't think Ethan Hawke plays this as a gay man. No. I, like, I as don't. a stereotypical gay man. I don't, I don't think he does that. No, it's more like a... Like, he just likes to play with them. Like, not play with him. Like, um... Well, he does in his own twisted way. Yeah, he is playing games. Yeah, like, um... It's more like a playing with your... How do you call it? When, like, a predator... Playing with your food. Are we back, back to food again? I, of course. <laughs> Um, the podcast that's always sick and always hungry. <laughs> I mean, the only way that now that you're saying that I could say, mm, looks a little bit gay, but I, I think it's more... <laughs> I like, didn't think that, I didn't think that. Well, well the only way that you could think well, that is... <laughs> it's when um, he leaves the door open, yeah. and the kids think, oh, I can escape, but he's sitting mm-hmm. without a shirt, mm-hmm. waiting for them. but To punish them. To punish them, yeah. Mm-hmm. But why he has a top off? That's it. that's the only thing that I could think. Maybe because uh, wait, are know. gay people always sitting around topless? Is that what no, you're saying? No, but maybe that he was like I don't know them to touch him first and then. But that's what that that means. Like, pedophile. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. mean sex. Yeah, but it doesn't but again, mean gay. There's always boys. It, it doesn't mean a girl kidnapping the movie. We're going down some very dangerous territory here. Yeah, you're correct. He's never. No, kidnapped. just just thinking about like or trying to justify the gay thing but i'm i don't think so i don't i mean you need to kind of pick a lot it's like oh he was wearing like purple boots and like is that super gay and they're like what no that's not super gay but yeah it's just think people like trying to find things and where they are not it's up to, I, i'm just saying it is a genuine criticism well, i've seen of this you movie people from twitter no gay stuff here that's me Thank you. Now you sound like a right-wing bigot. <laughs> you got the opposite way. You're like, thank God, there's no gay <laughs> stuff in this goddamn hey, movie. Shut up. I just watched Pride yeah. like two days ago in Great one movie. of my favorite movies and I cry all the time. People should watch this movie. Please watch this movie. It's called Pride. It's a real story about, oh, no, I'm going to start crying. So I'm just going to stop. Just watch it. Yeah. It's so nice. I know. I'm only messing with you. But... Yes, I agree. So that was just going back to that earlier criticism. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but people have had these issues with it. I disagree with most of these issues. The one issue that I can get on board with is someone saying, it's a bit Stephen King rip-off-ish. It's a bit plain. Well, what is yeah, it, it is. There's this but, Stephen King-ish. I, I, I'll take it. Because, exactly. Because I will say this, I'm, 
elevator Stephen King movie. Because sometimes this isn't a Stephen King movie. Let's no, let's make that no, clear. It's not I know, Stephen Cal, King. But movie. if you said like, oh, this is kind of Stephen Kingish, no, this is where well, I yeah, it's in that same pad, but I think works better. I don't know. Oh, better than what? Hold on, works better. Sometimes I think Stephen King does a lot of fantasy horror kind of stuff. A lot of things like so supernatural. This movie supernatural. Or like things like that, but this one deals with the subject that is kidnapping and like mm-hmm. all that stuff so i feel like something stephen king doesn't go there like to those subjects i i think like pet cemetery yes yeah. but pet pets that come back to life and right. things like that like it's more like a, what about misery you haven't seen it i haven't seen it so it's I about know. kidnapping but like for example K- uh, carrie carrie it's about a kid that's bullied and lives with an abusive mother that's what it's about just because she's got superpowers doesn't mean that's not what it's about. I don't know. I just feel like this is more like the subject is there. This is like kidnapper. And then right. there's like a little bit of like a fantasy supernatural mm-hmm. thing happening. I don't know. I just that's what I mean. But that's that's Stephen King. Is that He's always got this dark subject matter in fantasy and it sort of bleeds into itself. That's That's the thing that to me makes this purely Stephen King. Even though it's not. Like it's purely a... Uh, a pastiche, a rip-off, a, a copy, whatever you want to call it. That's the one thing where I'm like, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I can buy into that criticism to say, why wouldn't you just adapt a Stephen King book? Like, Or or not why wouldn't you adapt one, but is there a way to spin it into something new? Because you're watching it just going, ah, this reminds me of all these Stephen King projects. And I sort of agree with that. I am on the opposite end of you. I don't think it's a particularly... It is a good one, and I really, really enjoyed it. But if I put it up against my favourite Stephen King adaptations, if I'm putting it up against the films that I mentioned, Carrie, or... um, What else have I said? Misery. What else did I say? Carrie, Misery, and something else. It. Especially at chapter one. I don't think this lives up to them. Those movies, I think, are far superior to this one. This movie is far superior to people who just want to do, you know, a sort of, like a Ted Bundy movie or a Jeffrey Dahmer movie. You get all these sort of crass movies. I remember years ago buying an Ed Gein movie for my dad because I knew he really liked Psycho. And I was like, oh, apparently Psycho's based on Ed Gein or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so I bought him this movie and... We watched it and we were just like, it's a dreadful movie. Like, there are so many movies that are just cashing in on the fact that, oh, you know this serial killer, so we're going to make the most horrible movie ever about it. It's crap acting. It's crap storytelling. There's one for BTK. There's one for, there's probably millions for Charles Manson. Yeah, that's why I probably just, I'm better listening to podcasts. So this movie, which is not based on a real killer, but takes those sort of aspects, fuses them with, the kingness, I think, and it works. It works. It works. It's sort of sitting in this middle ground, but I enjoy it. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. If it's not in the cinema, well, wait for a streaming service to watch it. But see it. No, it's go good. to go to the cinema. Go and but support horror not films. It's not in the cinema anymore. Why? It only came out a couple of weeks ago. In the UK, I thought in the states it was earlier. In the USA, it came out on June twenty fourth. It's literally oh, been no, out for like two weeks. So it's still in the cinema. Go to the cinema. Go to the cinema. Get some. 
alcohol drinks because this will be fun with this movie and yeah and enjoy it and in june of this year scott derrickson said that joe hill had pitched him a quote wonderful idea for a sequel and he would do it if the first film was successful so let's do that let's make this a hit and let's come on guys let's do this because this is the kind of horror this isn't my favorite kind of horror but it's the kind of horror that sometimes you just need to sort of reset your brain. It's about dark subject matter, but it's done in a sort of stylish, entertaining Friday night way. And I think people in the cinema were loving it. People in the cinema were jumping. They were laughing at the right jokes. It works. The Black Phone, Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up. Yeah. Nothing else to say? No. Okay. Is I was going to go and watch Love Island, probably? Or Pack? Because we're going to France. Yay! <laughs> eh, gracias por escucharnos. Y hasta la próxima.